Amen. Can we give that hand clap to the Lord? He's worthy. Amen. Amen. What an honor it is to not only preach the word, but to get to do it here at my home church. It's such an honor. I just want to give honor to both of my parents for believing me and trusting me with this pulpit. And I also want to give honor to all of you for this church congregation for believing in me and for your prayers and your support. It doesn't go unnoticed. If you would, turn to Acts chapter 1. I'm going to read a short portion of scripture and then dive into this message. Acts chapter 1, starting with verse 4, says, And being assembled together with him, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Verse number 6. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. I want to preach for just a few moments on the subject of what it means to be an empowered people. If you would lay down your Bibles and one more time, let's go to prayer. Lord, we thank you for this time that we're here in your presence, Lord. God, what we've already felt, Lord. God, where you've been directing us, Lord. I pray, Lord, you would continue to grow in us, Lord, and pour out your spirit, Lord. Let there be victory, Lord. Let us overcome, Lord, and be delivered in your name, Lord. In all these things, we pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The other day, I, I came across an article, and it was entitled, The World's Most Powerful People List. And to be honest, I didn't know they really kept track of this stuff, but I mean, it doesn't surprise me. They, they write about everything. And so it intrigued me. I, I clicked on it and uh, it had a list of names of people with uh, their names and then the organizations that they're connected with next to it. And uh, there were some uh, familiar names, some world political leaders, some businessmen and businesswomen. Um, I scrolled down the list and I saw some familiar names that you'd probably know too. Some like Vladimir Putin, Jeff Bezos, Pope Francis, Bill Gates. And as I'm scrolling down, there was probably 75 names or so. I never saw at any point did it mention me. <laughs> and I was, I was a little confused. I'm like, well, okay, maybe this, maybe, this probably is incredible. Who's, who's this Forbes? Who is this? And I thought, well, maybe they just made a typo. Maybe they mixed me up with Pope Francis. That happens from time to time. And so but the, the truth is really that to the rest of the world, I hold very, 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 very little power because everyone on that list was either a, a billionaire, had influence and led hundreds of millions of people, or in most cases, both of those things. Because in, in today's world, um, power in today's world, it's subject to what you have, whether that's influence or money. Power is acquired by positioning yourself in the best position to rule, 
best position to rule and influence others. Power in today's world, it's, it's a very self-serving commodity. It's, it's about us. We gain power for us. We gain power to rule, to influence, to get rich, get positions. War leaders and generals, they may gain power by winning battles over their enemies. Political figures, they may gain power by winning debates or looking superior than uh, everyone else around them. The businessmen, they may gain power by getting rich and getting connections and climbing up the corporate ladder. And athletes, they may gain power by, by uh, winning in their sport, becoming the very best at their craft. And, and the world would tell us that in order to gain power, true power, we need to do these things. We need to gain influence with others, pursue earthly things so that we can acquire power that is solely ours and nobody else's. But the, the power that we read about just a few moments ago in Acts chapter 1, it's much, much different. This power is not acquired through earthly pursuits. It's not gained through tearing others down. You don't have to be famous to have it. It doesn't matter who you are, but this power we read about, it's a gift and a gift from God. It says you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. This Holy Spirit that is alluded to is, is shown to us one chapter later in, in Acts chapter 2. I'm sure a familiar passage with, with a lot of us. And it becomes a, a defining point of the entire New Testament and the, and the new birth experience. This power from the Holy Spirit cannot be obtained through any amount of money. It can't be bought, it can't be sold, but the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God dwelling inside of us, that's a gift. And it's not earned through anything we do. We don't have to have any sort of pedigree. We don't have to have come from a certain family. We don't have to have the right amount of money, but the Holy Spirit, it's a gift and a gift for all. Peter says one chapter later that, that for the promise is to you, and to your children, and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Let me tell you today, the Holy Spirit is for everybody. Amen. See, this is, this is the difference between what, what the world would say is power in, in, in the kingdom of God, what the kingdom of God says is power. Power in our world today, it's reserved for those at the top, the elite the most influential people in our world. In the kingdoms of this world, power is dictated by who you rule over, but in the kingdom of God, the power is dictated by who you're under. Let me tell you, power in the kingdom of God only comes from submission. If I, if I were to make a list of, or write an article, most powerful people in the Bible, those that would have any kind of power or that had any kind of power are those that only had it because they were submitted to God. We must be submitted to the almighty power of God. But because here's the thing, we don't, we don't have what it takes to do it by ourselves, to go on in life and face these situations by ourselves. I know there, there's probably been some people here that even this year you've faced situations that have seemed impossible and time to time, you come across situations where in the physical, there's really not much that could be done. But when we realize who we are under, the king of all kings, 
the Lord of Lords. And we can call on his name, Jesus. And at the mention of his name, things start to change. This is not, there's not a worldly power that I want to replace that godly power. But when we call on the name of Jesus, he is there and he can change any situation. We serve a God who's a healer. A God that can do the impossible and he's here today. Amen. And God has gifted us with the same power and authority, but we must position ourselves in the place of submission. And there's no greater example of this in the Bible than that of Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter 2, one of my favorite passages. I love this passage. Um, starting at verse 5, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every, every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and those on earth, and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Almighty God, taking the form of a bondservant, being obedient to the point of death. How many of you know that Jesus still had to be obedient and submitted? This wasn't some robot Jesus that had no feelings, didn't feel pain, wasn't tempted, but the writer of Hebrews actually says that he was in all points tempted as we are. Yet Jesus Christ lived a life full of submission and obedience. And when he went to a cross, he was crucified, had a painful death, and as a sinless man, he took on the sins of a fallen humanity for us. Submission does not mean weakness. Submission in the kingdom of God is a position to serve the greatest power there is. Let me tell you, this is the greatest news you hear because that one we receive power from is all powerful. He's omnipotent. He's limitless in what he can do. He is the creator, the finisher, alpha and omega, beginning and end. There is none like him, none above him. He is God. And he is God alone. And in that passage we read earlier, Acts chapter 1, it's even worthy to note that those Jesus was speaking to had asked him, he said, verse 6, Lord, will you restore the kingdom of Israel? Why? Why, why did they ask that? Because they, they understood that he held power, but they expected him to use it a little differently. They thought that he might establish a kingdom on earth and then he would rule there. They must have thought that surely someone with, with this much power, this much authority will use it how we see fit. But that's a dangerous place and we expect to see the power of God work how we want it to. Why? Because God's power is limitless, not bound by anything. So the moment we try to take control is the moment that we limit it. 
because we are not all-knowing. We can't see what God can, and, and what might not make sense to us makes perfect sense to God, because he can see the bigger picture in our lives where things don't make sense here, but if you just trust, he's going to make a way. And can anyone testify of a time where you just had, let's be honest, you had no idea what was going on, but you trusted God and he showed you to be true? Hey Amen, I know I can. God makes no mistakes, so the sooner we can let go and let God take control is the sooner we can allow God to move in our lives. Because God knows what's best for the kingdom of God. Amen. Like I talked about earlier, the Holy Spirit, it's God's Spirit dwelling inside of us. We read about the creation story in Genesis. God created the heavens and the earth, created the trees and the animals, created the mountains, created the rivers. He created me. He created you. And Isaiah 44, 24 says, Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, and he who formed you from the womb. I am the Lord who makes all things, who stretches out the heavens all alone, who spreads about the earth by myself. And it's this God, the creator of all, who desires to be in us, desires to dwell in us and have a relationship with us. And when we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive a power an almighty power that can cover our past. I remember on, on one occurrence when I was a teenager, I was upstairs. We had a, we still have a ping pong table in our upstairs room. And um, I was, I forgot who I was playing with. I forget the, the whole occurrence. But I do remember that it was a very, very close game. And I had just lost by like that much. And I knew I, knew I should have won that game. And so I got a little upset, but I'm not a destructive kid, so I'm not going to break anything. But I still need to get this rage out. And so I take the ping pong paddle, and I look around, and we have a couch. And I'm thinking, well, if I throw it on the couch, it's going to hit it. It's going to absorb the blow, and everything's going to be fine. So I take that, and I just chuck it straight out there. And I didn't realize how bouncy that couch was. Because as soon as it hit that, it just the perfect angle just spun over and over and ran right into the wall. And it put this den, it's, it's still there, I checked this morning. <laughs> right where the handle hit, there's this nice size hole there. And immediately, I knew, oh man, I messed up. That was, that was not supposed to happen. And so I, you know, tried to cover it with maybe a plant or a vacuum or... <laughs> try to pass it off as an original art piece, but uh, none of that worked. Uh, no matter how hard I tried to cover up that mistake, that, that dent in the wall was still there. And, and no doubt in our own lives, there's some, there's some dents. There's some things that we've, we've allowed in, and it's, it's, it's just, there's a scar there. And no matter how hard we try to get rid of it on our own, try to get this junk, just forget about it, forget about it, that, that shame's still there, and, and that guilt's still there. And there's times that we feel like we fall short of the glory of God, but no matter how hard we try, on our own, we just can't do it. But only by the power of God can you have those sins forgiven. 1 John 1.9 says, 
If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that's repentance. The Bible instructs us to repent and be baptized for the remissions of our sins, which we just saw a moment ago. Praise God. And that word remission means that every, every bit of filth in your life in an instant can be forgiven and washed away. When you repent and when you go under the waters of baptism and you have the name of Jesus called over you, every sin in your life in an instant can be forgiven. And it doesn't matter what sin, what you've done, the Lord delivers you from all sin, from all shame, all guilt. Praise God. A good example, Peter, we've already mentioned Peter is just an awesome figure in the New Testament, a very prominent one. He preached the day of Pentecost, did great things for the Lord, but it was Peter who denied Jesus in a time when he should have been closest to him. That's Luke chapter 22, starting at verse 56, it says, In a certain servant girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, This man was also with him, but he denied him, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And after a little while, another saw him and said, You are also one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. Then after about an hour had passed, another confidently affirmed, saying, Surely this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are saying. Immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter quite literally denied Jesus Christ denied any affiliation with him, completely purged him from his life when Jesus was going to go to the cross. But it's still this Peter that we read about not too much after that goes on to preach the day of Pentecost that we still talk about today. Let me tell you today, your past cannot define you. Your mistakes, they can't define you. Jesus has given us a chance at new life where he can clean us and put his spirit in us. Peter, he denied Christ and he preached the Holy Ghost to many. Paul, he persecuted Christians and later became one of the greatest missionaries that we read about in the New Testament, not to mention writing most of the New Testament. God does not care about your past, but he only looks to your future. And God wants to have a loving and caring relationship with you. He wants to be a father to you. He wants to care for you. I'm glad the Lord's not keeping a running tabs of, of sins in our life that every time he needs us to do something, he just put, oh, you did this, so you got to do this for me. But no, 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 he, he washes away all those sins and forgives us of those sins. And I'm so thankful for that forgiveness. Because you're not too far from God's grace. You're not too far from God's love. He will never give up on you. So don't give up on him. Amen. Because it's that Jesus, the only one that can forgive you. And what a wonderful gift that is. Amen. Is anyone thankful for God's grace and his mercy? I know I am. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. God's grace and his mercy.
and His Spirit empowering us that allows us to live a life as an empowered individual. Let me tell you the key to living with that power and that, that authority. It's that first you must recognize that you have it. Because I've said it before and I'll say it again, that same power and authority that Jesus had as he walked this earth has been given in us. Power to cast out demons. Power to preach truth. Power to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. But the only way that the enemy, the only device he has to stop you is if he can make you forget who you are. I want to remind someone today that you have been empowered to do great things for the kingdom of God. Don't let your past overshadow that. Don't let your insecurities get in the way. But you are a chosen recipient of the power of God that will transform your life. Because we serve the victor today, a God who is victorious. He has never lost a battle. We can take comfort in knowing this, that this is the God we serve, all-powerful, that God has and will always be victorious because God's victory was on the cross of Calvary where he was crucified for our sins and he defeated death and shame and guilt and sin and anything we could ever, ever any obstacle in our life, he already defeated. And God's victory is in our present day, right now, because God has given us victory over every situation, and the battle is already won. And God's victory will be. We can take comfort in knowing that we already know how the story ends. The, Bible's, the Bible has a lot of spoilers, and it kind of tells you how it's going to end. And so we read about Christ's return, and that means victory for the kingdom of God. And we can take comfort in knowing that we're on the ultimate victor's side. Amen. And musicians can come. I'm coming to a close. I want to take us back one more time to Acts chapter 1. And if we could all stand. I'm going to read uh, verses 12 through 14. The Acts chapter 1 passage says this. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, the Sabbath day journey. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying. Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, the zealot, and Judas, the son of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. Now this is after Jesus had ascended, and it says there in verse 14, they all continued. So here's my altar call today. What I pray we do is just that, to continue in one accord in prayer and supplication. Now I'm going to invite, if you're able, to come to the front as we're going to have a time of congregational prayer. One chapter later, at a prayer meeting, the Spirit of God fell on every person, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And I believe that the will of God today is for the Spirit of God to rest on this entire place, from the front to the back. 
I'm believing for just an outpouring of God's spirit. So right now, if you want to get out of your seat and come near to the front, here's what I believe. Firstly, if you're here today and you have never experienced the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I want to tell you today is your day. There's no reason to wait. I, I just, I felt it when I was over there that there's somebody that's been thinking about that. But you need to take a step. You need to step out in faith that God can give you that gift. He can fill you. He can cleanse you. So I'm believing that today. Secondly, like I said before, I believe the Spirit of God is going to fall on this entire place. And there's people that are going to walk out here change. There's people that are going to walk out here in victory. Because what doctors haven't been able to do, God's going to do today. What hasn't happened yet, yet that loved one that walked away from the Lord, and that, that situation feels impossible in a moment. When we call on the name of Jesus, He's able and He's willing to do that. So wonder right now if, if all you feel you can do is just call the name of Jesus. That's all right, but begin to just declare Jesus in your life. I believe there's going to be victory happen here today. I believe the impossible is going to happen. Lord, we lift up your name, God. Will we call down your blessings, Lord? Move today, Lord. God, you have empowered us, God. Lord, to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. Lord, to preach truth, Lord, God. To do great works for your kingdom. I'm praying right now, Lord. Let your spirit come down. Let it wash over this place right now, Lord, God. All around here, Lord. Every person in here, Lord. I pray an outpouring of your spirit, God. And it's not a coincidence, Lord, we're here today. But God, you're going to give something to us, God. You're speaking to us today, Lord. In Jesus' name, God. Oh, let your spirit move right now, Lord. God, let it wash over us. I speak Jesus, Lord, in every situation, God. Jesus, Lord, you're able, Lord, to heal, Lord. You're able to deliver, Lord. You're able to forgive. Jesus' name, God. Oh, Jesus, God. Oh, right now, Lord. Continue in that, Lord. Lord, we continue, Lord. We press forward, Lord, on what you're doing, God. Lord, set something inside of us, Lord, God. Speak to us today, God. Give us a word, Lord, God, of peace and joy, God. Jesus' name.